Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads but aren't sure where to start? Are you running ads but know they could be doing better? The ads maven, Jen Pawsik, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Now, here is the host of the ads maven, Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker and coach, Jen Pawsik. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Ads Maven. I'm Jen Posick, and we are on Inspired Choices Network. So um, before I get started and bring on my guest, I do want to let you know. So next week, uh, starting Monday, February 24th, I am opening the doors to Ad Maker Society. So my Ad Maker Society, you can learn more about it. I'm updating it. Right now, if you go there, you can get on the wait list. And if you are listening to this and you go there after the fact, um, same type thing. It'll just let you know if the doors are closed. You can get on the wait list. But I just recently updated it so that it gives even more value. You can check it out at jenpasek.com slash admakers, A-D-M-A-K-E-R-S. But just to let you know, I'm so excited because doors are opening for a very short time next Monday, February 24th. Okay. Also, I'm super excited about our show topic today because I have to tell you guys, writing emails, it's really freaking hard. Um, Yeah. I feel like that basically just sums it up. Emails are really hard to write because you want them to be good. You want your audience to connect. You want them to convert. But you also don't want to sound like a spammy jerk. Um, so today, my guest is Joanne Borgo, um, who's going to be talking about how to write non-sleazy copy that converts. So just a little bit about Joanne. Uh, Joanne Borgo is an email copywriter for online entrepreneurs. She fell in love with conversion copywriting when she discovered that you don't have to be sleazy to get the sale and grow your business. Since then, she's worked with dozens of coaches and course creators to create copy that helps them nurture their audiences, promote their offers, and grow their businesses. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, I'm so thrilled to be here. Yeah. So um, before we dive into all things copy, um, can we talk a little bit about mm-hmm. how we met? Because I feel like it's pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, so, uh, yeah. I mean, we've known each other for a bit. Yeah, I think it's like four years now. Is that right? Oh, I can't even believe that. But yes, that sounds <laughs> yeah. about right. Yeah, so like four years ago, we were both at Amy Porterfield's Entrepreneur Experience, and back then it was a very small event. Like last year, we went to it, and there were, I don't know, at least 500 people, right? The first year, there were like, I think there were only like about 100 of us, and beforehand, you filled out information, and you got sat at... um at a table with other people that they thought you would potentially connect with. And so Joanne and I were table buddies that first year. And so with that, we, after, Mm -hmm. after, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, afterwards we, stayed in touch on social media, kind of off and on. 
And, uh, and last year we returned to the Amy Port field again and we're roomies. So that yeah. was so much fun. I love it. Okay. So Joanne, I have to say, I think that your emails that you write are so good. And I sometimes am a little bit jealous of them because they're so good and it makes me wish that I could write like that. <laughs> well, thank so, you. That is such a compliment. Yeah, of course. Okay, so since we're talking about not being sleazy in your copy, um, will you just talk a little bit about that and why you think it's important to not be sleazy in your emails? Yeah, um, absolutely. For me, there are three big reasons why um, non-sleazy emails are important to growing your business. Um the first is the fact that if you feel good about the emails that you're sending, you'll email your list more often. So that's really important yeah. when you're trying to get action, take action and get traction in your business. Um, the next reason is that, um, you know, when you're emailing and you're nurturing your audience, it's going to lead to greater connection with your audience. So this is the no like and trust factor that a lot of um, online marketers like Amy Porterfield talk about. And building that trust is really important to getting conversion, taking your reader from someone who's, you know, paying attention to what you're saying to saying, hey, yeah, I, I think they can deliver and then actually become a paying customer. And then the final reason uh, is that when people when people think that you're spamming them, you just aren't going to get the impact or sales that you want to get. And so that's going to limit you and keep you from um, getting that dream business that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so I know that you talk about an email welcome sequence, which you sometimes also call a nurture sequence. Will you talk a little bit about what that mm -hmm. is and why it's needed? Sure. So a welcome sequence or a nurture sequence is basically a, a series of emails that you automate using your email service provider. So once, you know, ideally, if you're building an online business, you have like a, a way for them to opt into your list. You might give them a freebie. That's often a really great way to get people on your list. And then after that, you want to send them a sequence of emails. And so um, in, in sending that sequence of emails, you're creating a relationship with them and you're, you're also, um, you know, letting them get to know you. And hopefully at the end of it, you're going to feel confident enough to promote one of your offers to them because really what you're doing is, you know, making money for your business because otherwise, it's not really a business, it's a hobby. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. So I, when you were saying that, I have a question, because you said that, and it's a question that I get asked a lot, and mm -hmm. okay, so you said about at the end of it, you want to make some type of offer to, to your people, right? Yeah. Do you find that, because um, I know like some email welcome se sequences can be Sometimes it's like one email, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's like 10 or 20 and it's over mm -hmm. like several months. 
is there a point where you yeah. feel like it's better to make an offer? And I mean, I get that it's totally dependent on the business, but what type of offer for like how much or can you talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, really, there's no hard and fast rule for that. So it depends, which is, you know, I don't like giving that offer, but it is accurate. Um, most of the people that, that I work with are, you know, in the first few years of their online business. So um, in in that case, often what people are kind of struggling with is feeling confident about making an offer. So, I mean, mm. you can make an offer immediately in the first email that you can, that you send out. Um, because, um, you know, one of the reasons why welcome sequences are so important is because at, when a new subscriber gets onto your list, their interest in you is really high and they've demonstrated that. So the first emails you send are going to be the ones that they're most likely to open and, to open and read. And right. they're also most likely to turn your subscriber into a customer. So you don't want to wait too long. Um, Ooh, that's a yeah. great tip. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to wait too long. So I know some ways that you can do it kind of early on would be to um, include it. You can even include it in the PS of your first email so that it comes across as a bit more of a soft offer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to do it kind of like the first five emails so that you can, you've kind of, you've, you've used the emails before that fifth email to, um, to build a relationship, to maybe address some of the objections you might have to, to, um, purchasing the offer that you're making. And hopefully you've also provided some value to them so that they can see why working with you would be so great for their business. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Um, okay, so can we talk about mm-hmm. what should mm-hmm. be included in an email welcome sequence? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so if you go online, you can definitely, you know, you can go online and take a look and and people will give you like templates or an outline that you can use um, to create your welcome sequence. But when I approach it, I look at it more as, you know, what are the characteristics of the emails that you're going to send? So what you always want to include is empathy. So you want to have a deep understanding of who it is that you're writing to what their problems are, help them with your, help them through your service or your product. Uh, know what they want most from you and how you can help them. And you want to know about their habits and their passions so that you can include specific details in the mm. emails that you're writing. Uh, yeah. So other things that you want to include are stories because Humans are wired to connect with stories and um, you'll really create an emotional connection with your audience when you use stories. You also want to use conversational language because, um, you know, you want people to feel like they have a relationship with you. Um, If you sound like a robot or if you sound 
like overly corporate, um, I guess, unless you are a robot or are part of a corporation. Um, you know, people like to kind of have a warmer feel and it helps create that no like and trust we were talking about before. Yeah. Um, the other things that you want to include are calls to action, which is basically just like, here's the next step that you need to take. So each email should have a single call to action. And then going into your sequence, you want to have a strategy. So you want to know um, what you want your reader to do as a result of reading your emails. And you uh, want to know uh, what you want to promote at the end of your sequence. Uh, other things that you want to include are value. So you want to share juicy pieces of content that you've written. You want to share entertaining stories. You want to give them your best advice. And you can also share freebies that will help them out. And finally, I'd say that you also want to include open loops. So basically, this is like a tease at what's coming next so that they know to expect that next email and are already looking for it. And you're kind of keeping them engaged with the entire sequence. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So I feel like I have a few more questions around that, but we've got to take a quick break. So when we get back, we're going to continue talking a little bit more about welcome sequences and emails in general. So you're listening to the Ads Maven with myself, Jen Posick on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back. Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads but aren't sure where to start? Are you running ads but know they could be doing better? The Ads Maven, Jen Posick, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Listen to the Ads Maven every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Ads Maven with Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker, and coach, Jen Pawsik. To participate in the show, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also email questions and comments to Jen at theadsmaven.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Jen Posick, the Ads Maven on Inspired Choices Network. So real quick, as I, as we were on the commercial break, I was listening to the commercial about being a host on Inspired Choices. And I feel like every time I hear it, I just think about the fact that honestly, if Inspired Choices like did not do 
all the amazing things that they do to get my show out there, there is no way that I would have a podcast right now because I get to like decide what the show is going to be and then I show up and just like deliver and they do literally everything else, including what the coolest thing I think is the fact that it's streaming on over 50 like streaming networks live and then afterwards it goes out to 50 different podcast networks and last week's show um when i had sandra on she posted up the show and she found like the apple podcast which is what used to be itunes thing for it within it was it had been like two hours which means like the show was live and then it was up on apple podcast within like two hours which is insane it might have been even faster than that i just have never even thought to look i thought it took a couple days but it does not so anyways if you are at all interested in having a podcast i highly recommend that you check out inspiredchoicesnetwork.com to just see what the options are because they really take care of everything for you and i'm so grateful okay joanne so we were talking about what goes into a welcome sequence and i love that you talk about it not in terms of like this first email, this is what you put, and this is what you put in the next email, but in terms of the characteristics of it because that makes so much sense. And honestly, I don't think I've really heard about it uh, described in that way before. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, you can go online and lots of people will give you kind of outlines for a welcome sequence, but I think that, it comes down to the fact that, you know, when you're writing for your audience, really you need to know who it is that you're writing for. And you, I believe that you have to be comfortable um, putting out, you know, putting out your message and doing it a way that, in a way that feels good to you. So, yeah, um, yeah I think if you always focus on empathy, and putting yourself in your ideal client's shoes, then you really, you, you really can't make any big mistakes there. Yeah, cool. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about mistakes mm-hmm. that people make in their emails. I feel like this could probably be a whole episode or two, <laughs> but what are some mistakes that you see people making? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I imagine there are some mistakes that you um you spot yourself when when you get emails, right? Or that you've made because I know I have made a ton myself. Oh, of um, course. And I continue to make them. So, uh I think that's just kind of par for the course, right? Um but yeah, I would say that there are some common common things that I see see people doing that holding them back in their business. So probably the number one mistake that I see is that people only email when they have something to sell. And Mm. I get, you know, I get that as a solopreneur, I know how hard it can be to make time to create content and to write emails to your list. And there, I know kind of in the online space that I'm in, it's often advocated that you email your list weekly. And that makes a lot of sense, right? Um, 
but I think that when you're first starting out and maybe you're struggling with your message, it can be really hard to commit to that weekly email. So I think that, you know, people should always try to do their best, but try to avoid emailing only when you have something to sell. If you're going to do something like, you know, Black Friday, kind of jump on the Black Friday bandwagon, for example, um, you know, if you can do a few emails kind of leading into that, that is so, so helpful because I know that every Black Friday, I get a bunch of emails and I'm like, oh, I forgot I even got on these lists because, right. you know, no one emailed me during the year. And so I will use that opportunity to unsubscribe. So if you're not emailing regularly <laughs> and people aren't expecting you to email them and you haven't really been providing them with email and then all of a sudden you email them and you're like, hey, buy from me. And they're like, oh, uh, really? Like I, hmm, no, I think I just need to get off your list, right? At least that's what I do. I don't know. Are you the same with that? Yeah. No, I think that that makes so much sense. And it's funny. It makes me think about um, there's a few people where I know I'm not I'm not going to buy from them, but I open their emails thinking I'm going to unsubscribe. And then they have emails that are so compelling that I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait and see what they have to say next time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yes, yeah, I, I do mean, that, too. that might not be the best um, example starting off saying I'm not going to buy from them, but they are keeping me on their list by simply by having compelling emails that are not always selling something. You're, I think you're absolutely right. And I absolutely, if I don't remember who somebody is or what I signed up for, I, I will unsubscribe, especially mm-hmm. if I haven't heard from them in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's one common mistake. Um, so only emailing when you have something to sell. The next mistake is that, um, you know, people really hesitate to promote what they have to offer. And so they never make an offer. And then that makes it really, really hard for people to do business with them. Because if, if you're never telling me what you can, what you can provide me with, then I'm probably not going to go digging for it. Right. Um, so, I understand that a lot of people have fear and resistance around promoting what they offer. But, you know, if you make the offer, you are more likely to get the sale. And I mean, (laughs) the fact is that it's a business. So if you if you want it to be a business and you want to impact your bottom line, then, you know, work in the offer and that's going to help your business a ton. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so um, true. It's so funny because I think you're absolutely right. And that's something that I feel like I have been guilty of in the past where I went way too long without making any offers when I was first getting started. And partially that was like I didn't know exactly what I was selling. I was still figuring stuff out and I just wanted to add value. But I ended up mm-hmm. probably waiting too long without actually making any offers or telling people what I was selling. So, yeah, I think that's a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, so the next mistake I wanted to talk about is, had to do with um, formatting of the emails. People now are inundated with information. So you have so much stuff coming at you 
And so we've learned to really kind of minimize our energy and skim stuff, right? So often you'll kind of skim through an email, decide if it's worth worth reading, and then go back. So if you're using kind of old school format, that's really going to limit the impact that your people just aren't going to read your email. So, um, you know, kind of old school formatting, I would say, are things like long paragraphs, um, kind of being uh, corporate or formal in how you write, um, using templated newsletter newsletters with just too much random information in the emails. So, yeah. Okay, so... When you say too much random information, can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that? Yeah. So I'm thinking about um, like those kind of as the old school newsletters it would be like, okay, here are like the five things that happened with our business in the last month. So it's like, yeah, we did this talk and, you know, we're now offering um, – like if you're looking at, say, like a physiotherapy physiotherapy clinic, it's like, yeah, we did this presentation over here on like protecting your knees. And then, you know what? Now we're offering this um, really cool strength training course. And then, you know, our, our one physiotherapist um, had a baby. So it's kind of like lots of different right. pieces of information, right? And so you kind of lose people because um, it's just, it's not really compelling and people really, like I said, they're skimmers and they have lots of information coming at them. So you always want to kind of remember that each email should have one big idea that you're trying to get across Ooh. and not yeah. five big ideas, right? Okay. So yeah. I have a question for you around this because I feel like I'm sometimes guilty of it. So I... Since mm -hmm. I have my show, I email my list every week telling them about the show. But I have other stuff coming that comes up in the biz mm -hmm. in my business. So, like for example, about my Ad Maker Society opening next week, or if I'm doing a workshop, or or even if I just like have like a story that I want to share or something. So I feel like a lot of the times I'm emailing them about like putting like two things in the email. I don't know. Should I email twice a week instead? Should I? I don't know. What do you What do you think? Is it too much? Yeah, I would say that you would want to um, include each call to action in a separate email. So if that means oh. emailing more than once, then yeah, email more than once. Yeah, because okay. when you in email more than one call to action, people kind of get confused, right? And so they're less likely <laughs> to take any than if you sent a call to action for each email. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And I'm a little bit like, oh, yeah, I, yes, that's what I need to do. I've, it's funny because I've thought about that before and then I was like, no, I'm just going to put it all together in this one. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. It's too much. Okay. So yeah. we and have I mean, another. I totally see it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you totally, I mean, you totally see people making that um, mistake in in emails all the time. And 
you know, I'll get emails from Marie Forleo with like, do this and then do this and do this. It's like, so you really want me to hop back and forth? Like, mm, I don't think that's going to mm. happen, you know? So <laughs> yeah, you got yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have more mistakes that you're going to cover? Uh, no, that was it. Oh, all right. Okay. In which case we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I have way more questions around emails though, and how we can write emails that are not sleazy that actually convert. So you're listening to the ads maven with myself, Jen Posick on inspired choices network. We'll be right back. Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads, but aren't sure where to start. Are you running ads, but know they could be doing better? The ads maven, Jen Posick, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Listen to the ads maven every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the ads maven with Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker, and coach, Jen Pawsik. To participate in the show, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also email questions and comments to jen at theadsmaven.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jen Posick, the Ads Maven on Inspired Choices Network. So we are talking about how to write non-sleazy copy that converts with my friend Joanne Borgo. So before we went to break, we were talking about some email mistakes that hold entrepreneurs back, including uh, promoting too much, promoting not nearly enough, putting more than one call to action in there. And then, oh, one of the things that you said that I think uh, played a role, which is very similar to what I say with ad copy, was where you want to make it so that they can skim it. And it's so funny because I talk about this when it comes mm -hmm. to writing Facebook and Instagram ads. You want to put space in there, um, which I think also holds true for emails because sometimes if it's just like, everything is so close together or it's like super long paragraphs and stuff like that. It's true. People don't read it. They just skim. And so with like ads, I try to make it so that it's no more than three lines of text at a time. Do you kind of feel similarly for emails? Yes, absolutely. Um, definitely when, when you write emails, um, you'll, you'll definitely find it, um, advantageous if you if you format your emails for the modern reader who skims. So that means you know you're not really using that traditional um, paragraph form that you would have used when you wrote essays in high school. You want to use lots yeah. of white space in between your sentences. You want to use a hook up front and. You want to use um, bold font for your sentences periodically in your email to kind of break it up for the mm -hmm. eye and re-engage your reader. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, yes. Yeah, it's so funny that you say that. It made me think. So I'm part of this book project that I think will be coming out at some point this year. Where So I wrote a chapter for this book, 
And the first draft that I turned in, the feedback that I got from the editor was that I write like it's a one big long ad. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I write. <laughs> <laughs> but so it was right? yeah. like, Absolutely. yeah, I really struggled to write in like these full long paragraphs and kind of go on and on because it makes me think about when I'm reading now, I mean, no matter what I'm reading, it's like I like to read things quickly. And so I, I like it, too, when the emails, not when the email, well, yes, when the emails, but anything I'm reading when I'm able to skim through. But it's not really even skimming. It's like I just read it quickly because, yeah, it's shorter the way that there's space in it. Okay, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about things that you can do to make your emails more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that um, there are, I've got seven seven things that I think really help oh, wow. make, help you make an impact with your emails. So the first thing is to keep your language conversational. And yeah. Um, yeah, because I think, uh, depending on your audience, but for the most part, the people that I work with are, are solopreneurs and so they're, they're personal brands. So you want to sound like a human. And again, we talked about this earlier. Um, you know, being conversational is going to help build that no like and trust factor with your audience because, um, because they see you as a human, right? They see you as a person. They're not going to think like, you know, who, who is this person? Like if you want to go, if your customers want to work with the corporation, they'll already have found them. But if they're on your list Mm. then they're probably looking for something, you know, more personal, right? So keep your copy conversational. The next thing is um, that the most powerful copy is specific. So, you want to use details in your copy that your ideal client can relate to, where they can see themselves in the copy. And you want to talk about their problems and how those problems affect them on a daily basis. And you want to paint a picture of what their life would look like if they solved their problems. Um, and so you want to get into those five senses, senses, right? Like you want to talk about, um, you know, what they would be, what they would be feeling. So you can, you can be talking about, you know, how, how they would be like driving in their car with their favorite, um, coconut milk, um, green tea latte, or, you know, start to include those details because no matter who they are, even if they don't like green tea lattes, they can put themselves into that story so much more easily. So you want to be really specific mm. and, and include lots of details in your copy. Okay. So I feel like you do that and it's like so simple and it's like, oh, duh. But then I feel like when I'm writing the emails, that is not so easy. So do you have any, I mean, yeah. Do you have any tips for like how to even like think about those things and like how to add them in? Yeah. So one thing that you can do is um, you can you can sit down and you can put yourself in in your ideal client's life, and then you can you can take a look at how they're spending their days. What are they doing in the morning? 
Are they getting up and making coffee? Are they getting their kids ready for school? Are they getting up and going for a walk with their dog? Um, the more that you can flesh out what their daily lives can look like, the more useful it is. Um, mm. And so I know I have uh, actually on my website, I have an ideal client avatar workbook that you can use to help you kind of drill down into those details. But definitely yeah. like just, you know, knowing like, are they binge watching Netflix on the weekends? Or do they like to vacation? Do they, are they a Starbucks person? Are they, you know, not a coffee drinker at all? And they really like to just have tea at home. Like knowing your ideal client and dropping those details in there um, is, is super, is super powerful. But you can also um, gather those details if you have interviews with your, with your customers and just ask them questions about, about themselves. Like, you know, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? Or, you know, do you have any, any bedtime routines or, you know, um, getting to know them as people so that you can start to use those details in the copy that you write for other people. Oh man, I love that. Cause honestly, I, I mean, I talk to my clients all the time, but it's not about like little details of their day. It, that's not something that I've ever really, yeah. I don't think I've mm -hmm. ever really done that in a way of like, oh, let me make sure to include little details like that. Okay, that's awesome. What's the, what's your next tip with that? Yeah, so we talked about this earlier, um, but you definitely want to format your emails for the modern reader who's a skimmer. So that includes, you know, lots of white space, kind of shorter sentences. You don't even have to use complete sentences. People are not checking your grammar. Um, <laughs> you don't want to use big paragraphs. You want to use kind of a compelling hook up front and then, um, Use use bold font to re-engage your reader periodically yeah. or italics. You can also use like GIFs. Um, I mean, you don't want to overuse them, but you can drop GIFs in your emails. That kind of um, adds yep. a little bit more of an entertaining touch um, and helps break up break up the text, right? Because people don't like big chunks of of text. Um, they kind of get bored with that. That's what the research shows, right? So that's Got why you it. want lots yep, of white makes... space and, yeah, shorter chunks. Perfect. Um, okay, what's next? The, yeah, the next thing is to include a single call to action in your email. Yeah. And we talked about that earlier as well. So, you know, you can... Yeah, repeat... I'm going to do better about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can include your call to action more than once in the email. But try to keep it to one. You can include more than more than one, like you could use two. But be really clear on what your top priority is for the next action that they should take. Um, I I would try to keep it to one still. But if you have to have to include two calls to action, be clear on which one is the priority. Um, because you gotcha. you know. People like like we've talked about. People are busy. They have a lot going on, and so you want to help them focus on what they need to do next. Awesome. That makes um, sense. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, so the next thing is to include a PS in your emails because the research shows that people read the PS. Sometimes people actually skim down to the bottom of an email just to read the PS, right? So that's a great yep. place to include a call to action. And, um, and you can also have fun with it, right? And that's always um, engaging, engaging with your audience. And I've got two more. Um, so we talked about, we did okay. talk about I'll being tell conversational. You actually. So one thing that I've, yeah. Oh, so I was going to say, actually, we have to take one last break. Can you share mm -hmm. those two more when we get back? I sure can. Okay, perfect. So you're listening to the Ads Maven with myself, Jen Posick on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back. Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads but aren't sure where to start? Are you running ads but know they could be doing better? The ads maven, Jen Palsik, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Listen to the ads maven every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Ads Maven with Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker, and coach, Jen Pawsik. To participate in the show, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also email questions and comments to Jen at theadsmaven.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jen Posick, the Ads Maven on Inspired Choices Network. So today our show topic is all about how to write non-sleazy copy that converts with Joanne Borgo. Okay, so before we get to the last two, because I know we've still got more to talk about before that, but I know we're getting to the end and I want to make sure that we also talk about, because I know you said you have an avatar exercise that people can go and fill out. And that's on your website? They, they just go to joanneborgo.com? Yeah, that's right. I have basically a okay. fill-in-the-blanks worksheet so that it makes it super easy to do because I know it can be kind of overwhelming to um, figure out who your ideal client is, especially if you're, you're still kind of in the early stages of your business and are still figuring it out. So, yeah, I created basically a Mad Lib style worksheet that makes it super easy oh yay that's so fun and you can find a link to joanne's website in the show notes because i know that your last name is often <laughs> has to be misspelled or at least mispronounced because i was mispronouncing it in my head for years because <laughs> it's borgo b-o-u-r-g-a-u-l-t dot com so uh like the that's french right. spelling um okay and then can you talk a little bit about what some of the services are that you offer? Because I know you offer so much good stuff. Yeah, um, I I definitely focus on email copywriting. So um, one of my favorite services is an email sequence review. So basically, if you have an email sequence and you have a feeling that it's not really helping you out a lot or people aren't really engaging or you've had feedback that 
you know, that it, it, it's kind of not the best, um, then (laughs) what I do is go through your sequence for you and make specific recommendations on how you can make it better. And I do it from my perspective as a conversion copywriter. So basically like recommendations so that you're um, focused on positioning your business to um, make more sales basically. Um, Yeah, and then so other services I offer (laughs) include, um, yeah, yeah. And then of course (laughs) I write email sequences and um, and then I am also looking at, at creating a new offer, which is more of a copy makeover. So with the sequence review, basically I give you a, a video and then you take that and you make the changes yourself. With copy makeover, basically I go in, review your existing copy and then completely, completely rewrite it for you. Yes, which is very similar to what you did for me earlier in the year, which was so helpful. Oh, my goodness. Like, sometimes, like, you would rewrite things in a way or just, like, make suggestions in a way that is, like, oh, man, I've, like, never even thought about it. And I've, like, worked on that piece of copy so many times. <laughs> uh, I think it's so helpful. Yeah. Okay. Are those those are those yeah. are the things that you the services perfect. Um, so if somebody wants to get a hold of you, they mm-hmm. can find you at joanneborgo.com, um, and I'm sure there's a place to to contact you, sign up for a time, get on your calendar, stuff like that, right? Yeah. So right now I'm in the process of totally revamping my site. So uh, so if you want to get it you know, book with me, then email me. Um, but my new website should be live in the next couple of months. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a little less than nine minutes left. Okay. So I know you still had two more things for, um, what people should be doing instead. Right. So we talked about keeping your language conversational, being really specific and including lots of details, moderate, um, formatting your emails for the modern reader who skims, including a single call to action, including a PS. And then my two others are to read them out loud before you send them because you catch a lot of stuff that way oh. and it kind of gives you that conversational check, right? And then my last point would be to include personal stories um, because storytelling is so powerful and it really helps you connect with your audience. Okay. I know stories are important. You tell such good stories. And sometimes they're like these like little moments of time and I'm just like, it's so (laughs) perfect. And then it has this point that it connects to. And I'm just like, ugh. How do I do that? So can you talk about some ways to come up with stories and just ideas for your email content? Yeah. Stories, I um, I just kind of take whatever pops into my head. If I'm being op- uh, honest, you can, you can take a random story and then seg into whatever point it is that you want to make. It just takes practice. So if you feel like it's a struggle or feels okay. awkward, um, that's okay you do get better at it the more that you practice. Um, Ideas for your email content. I would say that, you know, 
one great way to figure out what to write about is to answer questions you wish your customers would ask you. Um, so for me, I know that um, people will be like, well, how do I write a welcome sequence? So I could totally write a blog post about that. Or how do, you, how do I include specific details in my emails? I could totally write a blog post about that. So if you can answer questions that you wish people would ask more often, that's one really great way. Um, another okay. way is to use your content to address common objections to buying your service or product. Because people, people will often kind of phrase that in questions like, you know, what if I don't have enough time to implement what it is that you're doing? Or like, how do I know, you know, how do I know that those Facebook ads that I'm going to um, pay you to write are going to convert? So you can use your content to address those objections up front and educate, edu educate your audience so that when they're ready to work with you, you don't have to handle those because you've already handled them through your content. Right. Uh, yeah. So then another way to go is to answer common questions that you seem to get over and over again. And those are actually also really good things that you could turn into a freebie if you wanted to. Um, so, for example, um, in preparing for our interview today, I actually came up with a freebie idea with, for a new PDF on, you know, what needs to go into a welcome sequence. So that is something that I'm going to be working yes. on. Um, to go along with my new website. And then the other place to look when you when you need ideas for email content is um, to take a look at the problems that your ideal client has. So you, you identify that problem, you talk about it, then you kind of agitate that problem by detailing how that problem is costing them, how it's impacting them. And so that's where you kind of lean into the personal details about you know, if their problem is that their emails are getting crickets, well, you want to talk about what it feels like when they send send out the email and then they go into their email service provider and look at the dashboard and it's like, oh, like 15% of people opened it. So I'm um, just that sinking feeling knowing that you're not connecting with your audience. So the more details mm. like that you can include that show that you understand the problem, the better. And then once you've kind of gotten into their problems, you can start talking about your solution to their problem in that email. So yeah, gotcha. problems. Yeah. And I mean, people have more than one problem. So it kind of gives you lots of different options <laughs> for content. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, man, my head is a little bit spinning. And I feel like I have all these things that I need to start doing now. The first of which will be keeping my emails to just one one thing. Okay, we've only got a few minutes left, but are there other things that you want to that you want to talk about, like some secrets to writing copy that converts, or any anything else? I know that's kind of short notice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. Um, I would say that there are three things. Um, that I consider really key to writing copy that converts. The first is to do voice of customer research. And so basically that's just getting to know your client and 
um, basically writing down word for word what it is that they're saying when they're talking about their pro problems or or dreams or or day-to-day -day life and then you're using that voice of your customer you're just basically cutting and pasting into your own copy that is a huge secret and it's also why it kind of drives me a little bit crazy when when clients are like well no i don't want you to do research i just want you to write well how i write the best is by doing research about your customer up front so yeah mm. voice of customer research is huge and there are different ways to do that but um I, that that's that's a big secret the other thing and we've talked about this cool. already is to be empathetic and to put yourself in your ideal client's shoes and then finally i would say um another secret is to be clear um, you never want to sacrifice clarity to be cute because if you confuse your audience they'll cl click away immediately so yeah uh. Yeah, those are my that makes so my, much sense. my kind of most compelling secrets. Yeah. Oh man, thank you so much. I yeah, I feel like I've gotten a lot from this. I feel like this is going to be one that I'm going to send people to a lot because I know emails are not easy for the majority of people. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really it's really not easy. And I mean, I've been doing this copywriting specifically for a couple of years and I just learn more and more and more and there are definitely different approaches to it so I would say that if you've listened to this episode pick one thing to focus on in your next four mm. emails and just focus on that one thing yes. uh, that's so smart so you can check out Joanne's stuff at joanneborgo.com the link is in the show notes and you can sign up for her like Mad Libs style um, avatar worksheet and then you can also see some amazing examples of some really well written emails so that you guys can also covet them like I do while you're practicing making your emails much much better <laughs> oh man Joanne thank you so much for joining me today I so appreciate it it was absolutely my pleasure I'm so glad that we were able to do this yay all right, guys, we will be back next week for another interview. I'm so excited. So many good interviews. See you next time. Thanks for listening to The Ads Maven. Jen Palsik will return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. See you next week where we will dive into more Facebook and Instagram ad strategies.